Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. This episode, I'll be playing some audio from my conversation with Kev Baker on The Kev Baker Show from Monday night. I'll be playing the first segment of the four segments that we recorded, and it was a great time. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. Go follow Kev at kevbakershow.com, and if you want to find the full interview slash conversation, go to tfrlive.com. That stands for Truth Frequency Radio Live. So it was a great, like I said, it was a great conversation. Kev is a great guy. I really appreciate him having me on. And without further ado, here's part one of our four-part conversation. Thank you. May the force be with you. Seeking answers to age-old questions. Deciphering the world painted around you by the mainstream media. This is the Kev Baker Show. And now, here is your host, Kev Baker. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, I am back for another week of live shows right here on the Kev Baker Show on your number one network. Truth Frequency Radio, tfrlive.com. So I want to thank everyone for supporting the network before we do anything today. I also want to thank Chris and Sheree Geo for continuing to provide this platform for me and 32 other shows, which makes the grand total of 33. I know you love your numbers out there. We had good fun looking at the number 33 on Friday with Scotty and Nacy. If you didn't catch that, Head on over to the archive at tfrlive.com forward slash Freaky Friday and you'll find over 200 shows in there alone. And you can find the archive for every show on the network right here. So again, a big shout out to everyone for your continued support. And of course, a big shout out to the audience on TalkStream Live, Paranormal Radio app, the KBS Discord server. We are going to have a real good show today and a really great way to kick off a week of live radio right here. But before we do anything, I have to remind you that I'm coming to you from under the data dome in smart city Glasgow. And we're going all the way around the world from America to Australia and just about everywhere in between. And again, thanks to tfrlive.com where we give you protection from deception and where silence is consent. And for today only, may the force be with you. Yes, let me ask you a couple of questions, audience, before we get going. Are there any parallels, do you think, between real-life conspiracies and events in the Star Wars universe? Think about that. What about conspiracies in the Star Wars universe itself? Well, today I've got a guy who can answer these questions and then a whole lot more because I'm joined by somebody who comes recommended by the illustrious the absolutely fantastic Charlie Robinson. And when Charlie Robinson said to me, Kev, you need to check out this this guy doing a podcast, I was already on the webpage and I was already in. So today I'm joined by the host of Conspiracy in the Force podcast, Conspiracy Kyle, all the way from Ohio in the US. Welcome to the show, brother. And uh, may the Force be with you. Yes, may the force and, and with you as well. I think that's how they say it in the Catholic Church, you know, with with the force. But uh, thanks a lot, Kev, for having me on. And yeah, big big shout out to Charlie Robinson. He's been 
I've been his hooker and he's been pimping me out to a lot of shows like, like yourself. And I appreciate you um, pimping me out. I, well, I actually like this whole image. I'm going to um, theme tomorrow's show with Charlie around that him with the pimp hat on. I think he plays that part really well. But mm -hmm. dude, I'm looking forward to getting into this today. I'm going to be very honest right off the bat. I'm not somebody who's a Star Wars aficionado. I don't know all of the lore. But I was listening to some of your stuff today, and I was quite blown away by the parallels that can be drawn from the Star Wars saga into today's world and I remember watching it when I was a young kid the, the original kind of films that came out and at the time I could tell there was something far bigger going on but I was blown away by lightsabers and, and Wookiees and all the good stuff and I never really got that much into it now my best friend in school he went hook line sinker dived in the deep end and was somebody that could tell you the backstory the lore for everything so with that said, I'm really looking forward to getting into this today. But I want to start by asking you, how did you fall in love with this movie series? Oh, boy. Um, you know, it was something where – so I was born in 1984, which actually that's kind of a little interesting because we've time-traveled back to 1984, you know, to the year of my birth, which is really interesting. But also, you know, that I was born right after the movies came out, right? They came out in 1977, 1980, and 1983. So obviously I missed the first run. But in the mid-90s, they kind of had a bit of a renaissance um, in the late 90s, and they brought them back into the movie theaters. And I was just introduced to them, you know, for, for, any, for any young kids out there listening, introduce them on the VHS tape. So I, I and I think I still have them in my back in my collection back here. But I was, I was introduced to these. And one thing that really blew me away about it was um, I, I kind of view myself and I kind of still do and did back then as well as as sometimes a bit of a loner. And um, seeing the story of Luke Skywalker as this kind of kid in this isolated environment on a desert planet, um, reaching out to basically to the stars metaphorically and physically and, and carving his own path in the world. Um, it, it was a great hero's journey, basically, you know, where a, a character starts out here, they go through some trials and tribulations and they get to another point. And it, it was, it was really great for me to see. And it was really uh, persuasive for me to say, Hey, listen, you know, I, I can I can accomplish great things. Look at this, you know, he's obviously a fictional character, but look at this character. He he took a, a crappy situation where he didn't know who his parents were. His aunt and uncle got you know, brutally murdered in like the first half hour of the movie. Um, he goes on this adventure that he has no idea what he's doing. He 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 train he trains. He goes through a lot of trials and tribulations, and he he takes that all in and goes out on the other side. So for me, it was really a powerful, powerful piece saying, listen, maybe maybe I could do that as well. And it really helped. It helped. It's always helped me throughout my life as something that's always there as, as a constant uh, thing. And there's lots of parallels I've always made with it. But then obviously recently, um, within the past two years, um, it, it's kind of changed a little bit for me. I've, I've kind of really woken up to a lot of a lot of the really crazy things that go on in our world, you know, who really runs the world, what are politicians really doing, do they have our best interest, all that kind of stuff, right? And then when I went back to watch Star Wars, I guess with whatever you want to call it, a new set of eyes, third eye, what have you, I started noticing a lot of a lot of stuff that um, 
pulls our universe into theirs. And, you know, we'll, we'll go through some of those, but the big one being is that um, <clears throat> in the, uh, and we'll, and we'll skip to like, you know, the star Wars prequel films that came out about 20 years ago. What it really showed was how a, a government or a galaxy went from kind of a, a peaceful loving uh, Republic to this totalitarian communist, whatever you want to call it, uh, totalitarian government. And um, it is kind of an interesting parallel. You know, I was listening to a little bit of your your conversations with Nano Girl recently on Star Trek. And, you know, you, you made the mention of, you know, it, there's this galactic federation, which is a really nice, which is a really good thing. But you don't really see how they got there to that point. Well, in Star Wars, you kind of have the inverse, right? You have a uh, a, a terrible authoritarian government, and they do give you that backstory on how it, on how it gets there. And you know it's really compelling. And there's so many parallels uh, of things that have happened in, in our world, whether it's uh, the the rise of Nazi Germany, whether it's the rise of you know the Soviet Union, or just in, in general the rise of this whatever one world, whatever you want to call it. Nowadays, you see a lot of these same parallels, a lot of these same kind of story beats, and. You know, for, honestly, it's, it's a little difficult for me to even, you know, take that stuff out of the story when I watch it now, just because I'm, I'm so I'm so viewing it in a different lens now. But but you anyways, know, um, yeah, Kyle, it's, it, it's so amazing that you went down this road because I was going to bring up the conversation I had with Nano and you mentioned 1984 there when you were talking and we're going through a massive change right now. We have been for a couple of years. Some call it the Great Reset call it the formation of the new world order, the, the world government, whatever it is. And I've often said that with everything, even as much as the past two years have been hellish, we're still a long way from being where they want us to be. And it's always interested me how we get from A to Z, what steps there'll be in between. And yes, I had that conversation with Nano. And then today when I was watching your series on totalitarianism, I was thinking, well, here's one example that's already been laid out. And Kyle here, he's managed to string it together in a way that is very understandable and, like you say, very relatable to the world we're in now and the changes that we're going through. So I think this is going to be a really, really interesting kind of way for the audience to look at things, bro. Really good. Sure, sure. So yeah. How do we get there then? So how do we get there? How, how what what's the what's the stages according to Star Wars? So so the, the first the first stage is political. I'll, I'll just call it political confusion. Um, if you can get and, and you see and you see this in our world all the time. If you can get people uh, of different opposing viewpoints battling and, and fighting about certain things in the political arena, whether it's important or not. When that stuff is going on, a lot of that is really just a big distraction for the people in the background pulling the strings. You know what I'm saying? So in the beginning of these Star Wars prequels, what you see happening is that there's and it's and it seems very subtle, you know, not a really a big deal, but there was a, a trade dispute about taxes, right? So that's obviously something we can relate to in our world. And I think when that showed up in the film, people were kind of taken aback, like Oh come on, this is Star Wars. Give us lightsabers. Give us Death Stars. Quit talking about taxation. But uh, in my mind, it's a very important uh, first step in in this totalitarian government is to lay lay some of this track down and get some of these opposing factions fighting back and forth. Um, 
so so there was this trade dispute between this group called the Trade Federation, which you know I think a good parallel for that is just call it like your big business, right? Your Fortune 500 companies, your publicly traded companies, they don't want to be taxed any more than they currently do. So the 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 republic of the time imposes these new tax restrictions. So this federation of 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 trade groups, they they do a complete blockade of this one planet. And they invade this planet as kind of a political message saying, hey, listen, you guys need to to drop this this trade BS. Um, we don't we don't need this, blah, 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 blah. The, the, the problem is that this whole taxation thing was a was a fraud to begin with because it was it was somewhat perpetrated in the background by a guy named Senator Palpatine, who if anybody that's watched the original Star Wars will know that that is the emperor, right? That's the emperor of the universe. I think he even probably calls himself the emperor of the universe. Uh, anyway, so on one side, he's a politician, the senator. On the other side, he's this dark shra figure shrouded in this cloak that's shadow controlling the trade side. So he, so he's, he's got machinations on both sides of the spectrum to, to start embroiling this conflict for him to be able to gain more power or to to seize control basically and so you think he, about how often we see that in the real world um, yeah. especially in politics and things they talk out of one side of their mouth and then they go and do something completely different and right. when it comes to wars you know um they say all wars are bankster wars and when you do get to the kind of top of the pile you can see how the same people are controlling both sides and right. making them kind of face off against each other and um, right. falls into the whole problem reaction solution. So I'm yes. I'm loving the parallels. Like it's quite clear to see when you have them laid out like this. Right. And yeah, you see a lot of that, you know, Hegelian dialectic, like you said, the problem reaction solution throughout this whole trilogy and throughout this whole series. And um one one of the one of the big so then one of the big things that kind of happens is uh this Senator Palpatine who conveniently it was his home planet that was being, you know, attacked. You know, which was purely by design. Um, he says, you know, I think we need to make a motion that the current. So, so the so let me let me just take one step back. The the galactic political body is just is called the Senate, the Galactic Senate. So I think that's pretty you know comparable to our world. And there's a and there's a chancellor who is kind of the head of this whole head of this whole pyramid, yeah, what have you. So uh, Palpatine, who's just a senator, he says, listen, this is this blockade, all this stuff is really bad. And I'll tell you what, guys, I don't really feel like the guy who's in charge is really the guy to do it. I wonder if maybe we could, you know, get somebody stronger in there. Like, um, could somebody put forth a motion in the Senate, hypothetically, to to get rid of this guy and maybe we could bring somebody else in? Obviously, knowing that he he has this dark side manipulation of all these politicians. So he, he knows how this is going to work out. He knows that they're going to eventually choose him. And, and sure enough, that's what happens. But you can see how, like you said, the problem-reaction-solution. Here's the problem. We have this trade dispute, this blockade, reaction. Well, as a, as a galactic republic, we need to do something about this. Solution, get rid of the chancellor, get a new one. You know, so that's a very – and that's kind of how the first movie ends is, you know, he kind of – I said, hey – he was, like, surprised. Like, hey, I'm, I'm really surprised that they – that they picked me, like, I'm oh, sure you are, buddy. I'm sure you so are. Are you somebody that's happy with the way that the, the prequels turned out then? The kind of backstory to how all these characters became who they were? Um, You, you know, I would say with the, that prequel trilogy, 
a lot of people have hangups with it, myself included. The, the acting in it is 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 subpar. You know, I'll I'll say that right off the bat. You know, I think what Lucas wanted to do the the story, like like honestly, like laying out the story is almost actually better than watching it because um, the the acting isn't great, the the script isn't great, and the one big issue I have with the prequels is they went away from real special effects into all green screen type stuff. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at behind the scenes footage of the original star Wars right there, they're in Tunisia, they're out in the desert. They're um, filming all this great stuff uh, in these, on these physical sets out in, out in Norway for the snow scenes, you know, really great stuff. And look at behind the scenes footage of the prequels and it's just a green screen behind them and they're, and they're playing around with swords, you know? So some of that's unfortunate um, and kind of took away from the, story a little bit so i would say the the story itself he wanted to try to tell it, it did not get executed properly you know i think it's it's honestly probably better if you like read like the book behind it or something instead of watching the movie because um you can tell where he was trying to go but you don't you don't necessarily get all the characters motivations throughout like there's supposed to be this whole love story between the guy who becomes darth vader and in this in this uh, other other senator and you, you don't necessarily see that on screen so you have to kind of read between the lines of that, but so so that's kind of what I'll say. I think the story, yeah, the story and the care in the in the characters and in, in how they get from here to here is is really great. But I, I just don't think it was executed properly. So what about Anakin then? Talk to us about Anakin. How does he become the the ultimate bad guy? Sure. So I'll, I'll preface the conversation about about Anakin, who obviously becomes Darth Vader with. You know, everybody talks about Darth Vader. You know, you look at Darth Vader. I got a zillion Darth Vader action figures back here. Uh, great, menacing character, right? He's got a dominating presence. He'll he'll choke you out. He'll do this or that. But in the grand scheme of things, he's really nothing more than a useful idiot to a totalitarian government. He is he's bought, sold, controlled by the state. You know, he's a, he's a state a state sponsored idiot. Um, and, you so, know, like you, any any of the pol- the kind of political class today in America, they call it the swamp. He's a mm-hmm. swamp monster, right? He, he's he's a swamp monster, right? He's just there to do the bidding of the emperor in, in the original trilogy, and, and you see that. And uh, even at the end of the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi, the emperor is like, you know what, Luke, just kill Vader and just take over. Take take over. I don't need this guy anymore, right? He was willing to just toss this guy aside and grab a new apprentice you know he didn't care for him one bit so so really when you think about darth vader in that aspect you almost kind of i don't want to say you feel sad for the guy but i think you have to view him in a, in a different light that while he he is a badass and he can do all this stuff he really had no free will he was he was manip- he was manipulated from a child and you know you, you can even get into he, here's the in-universe conspiracy kev that a lot of people talk about anakin was born and there was no father. Okay, so you see that a lot in mythology, right? You see that yeah. in biblical texts. You see that in in ancient Egyptian mythology. There's this, you know, virgin birth. Um, so the the rumor is that the guy who becomes the emperor did some kind of force manipulation and created him. Um, and and I, I kind of I kind of buy into that a little bit because how how else could there's really no other story explanation and even. That Palpatine talks about that, how he was was learning the ways to create life, and you know I even take it one step further. Uh, if anybody's familiar with the term uh, Manchurian Candidate, yeah. uh, you know um, what what that really means is that 
uh, a person is programmed to, at a certain point, whether it's hearing certain phrases or certain cues, they're supposed to switch and, and do something, right? You know, a, a lot of people go to the some of the assassinations of JFK, Robert Robert F. Kennedy, stuff like that, where people who really didn't have any motivation ends up doing these terrible crimes, and you wonder if there was some programming going on. So uh, my theory is that he was programmed even before he was born to have this predetermined fate uh, by this manipulation. So that's so that's so then you get kind of that, that really does. I mean, in my mind, I, I can really draw parallels to again, be it prime ministers over here or presidents in the U.S., they become very much the focal point. Some mm-hmm. people love them, some people hate them. But in the right. end of the day, you know, it's often joked when you get voted in to be president, they sit you down, they show you the film of Daily Plaza, what really happened, and, and kind of show you in no uncertain terms that you might be the president, but you're working for, for a higher power altogether. Right. right. And I think that, that the way you described that there with Darth Vader, I see that very much with world leaders today. Yes, we all know them. They look as if they're the ones with their fingers on the nuclear button. But in reality, they're just like front men, almost like race car drivers. We used to joke on the show at one point they should have to wear like um, a boiler suit and have all the companies that sponsored them. At least then you would know who they're truly working for. Exactly, exactly. So... um, yeah, and and so then so then we go. You know, he he's a he's a young boy. In this, in 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 Anakin's path follows the typical uh, stereotype for what these communist leaders uh, seek out. You know, you, you saw it in Nazi Germany with like the Hitler Youth. They would try to find you know um, th- these kids that they could indoctrinate. So he he grows up he grows up a, a slave living on this desert planet with his with his mom. Um, he, the two Jedi come there and say, hey, you have really good force powers. Come with, come back with us to learn how to be a Jedi and all this stuff. So already, um, one, he was born without a father. And then two, he had to leave his mother behind to be raised by basically like a, a religious like a religious entity. The, the Jedi Knights at that point were somewhat like a religious, a religious sect in their own, um, in their own right. Well, so, I, so yeah. did, did I hear you um, – and sorry to interrupt, but just in my notes here – the Jedi Council themselves, do, do you compare them to, to the time of Christ at some point as well with the, the, the crucifixion of Christ? Is that right? Yeah, because um, as you see when we go through these, these movies, what, what ends up happening is that is the Jedi, um, they become disillusioned from what their actual true purpose is. And you can think back in, you know, in biblical times, uh, the, the Jewish leaders of the day were so um, – were so old-fashioned that they had to look at all the stuff in this Old Testament, like things have to be done this way, this way, this way, this way, you know, by the book kind of stuff. So when Jesus showed up, they said, hey, listen, you don't fit any of this stuff in, in all of our old old manuscripts here. So obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're a devil, you're, you're a, a hypocrite, you're something, you're something else, you're not who you say you are. Um, and even so with the Jedi Knights in this, in this prequel era – they were basically like like that kind of that kind of entity. They 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 went away and they got involved on in these wars and stuff. Um, the, the Galactic Empire, the, uh, not the Empire, the Republic, had them fighting all these wars, and that wasn't really their purpose. Their purpose as a religious as a religious sect was to was to study and learn and meditate and figure out what you know. And there's no God in Star Wars, but whatever the Force 
uh, told them was the right path and what was truly going on. And they were really manipulated throughout this whole time because they were um, so spread thin in different areas. So they didn't necessarily see what was right in front of their eyes. So that's the parallel I have with um, the, the the Israelite leaders in in, um, in Jesus's day. They didn't they didn't see what was right in front of them, similar to the Jedi. Fascinating, man. Now, I'm going to have to go back and watch all these films again with a, an entirely different outlook altogether. Now, and I think I'm going to get a, an entirely new enthusiasm about this series i really do i have to thank awesome. you for that yeah awesome um so so okay so yeah so so vader he grows up he he he's got no mom you know he had i'm sorry he had no dad he had to leave his mom he goes to be to train to be a jedi in in the second movie attack of the clones he's about you know a teenager at this point and he's starting to get he's starting to get visions he's starting to get nightmares and, and once again going back to potentially him being created by Palpatine. Uh, it, it's it's my understanding of the story that Palpatine is manipulating his dreams. He's manipulating these nightmares for him to see things and then act on them in a certain way. You know, going back to the Manchurian candidate uh, topic, right? Like he, he, he's trying to evoke a reaction from Anakin. So in that it's, second it's movie, like almost like targeted individuals, mind control, some really freaky deaky stuff going on. Yeah, and you know, with this with this force dark side kind of stuff, you can communicate with people from from distances across the planet, across across the universe, and you know, you you even see a little bit of that in um if you've watched that Stranger Things series, um where where they they have this girl programmed to see all stuff that's happening in in Russia, you know, and and crazy stuff like that. So you see a lot of that stuff in our world too, which I think that was a lot of that was based on CIA operations and. Um, all that, all that kind of stuff. I can't remember the exact. There's a good, um, YouTube channel that do, still does the remote viewing, Farsight Institute. Right. Um, I, I've tried to give it a go, but I can never quieten my mind for one second, let alone like <laughs> concentrate on something like that. But listen, we are almost on the break. Let people know how they can, in fact, hold that thought. We'll come back on the other side, and I'll let you know how you can find out more and listen to Kyle's podcast. Don't go anywhere. 